Good evening, everyone, and blessed second Sunday of Advent to us. My friends, um, in our first reading from Baruch, um, past, you do not recall it any longer because God is going to bring back all of the children who are exiled. And um, our second reading, Paul, speaking to the Philippians, uh, urges all those followers of Jesus Christ, known as followers of the way back then, uh, is actually the Greek word is hodos, the followers of the hodos, um, to, prepare the sec- uh, to prepare themselves for his second coming. And he said, and you'll do that by living lives that are pure and blameless. And uh, this Sunday and next we will hear about John the baptizer. And he urges people to prepare a way for the Lord and to do so is through repentance and conversion of heart, to change one's mind. Conversion, the word in the Greek is to change mind and heart. Our prophet Baruch uh, delivers a comforting message to Zion in the midst of, of great troubles for them. And he said, her sorrows are ended and the children will be restored from their exile. And God, a great restoration for them. And the people of Isaiah's time in uh, Baruch, um, uh, they felt that God had forgotten about them. And even though the actual return was not exactly the way the prophet painted it, <laughs> um, it did point the way to the Masonic era that John the Baptist would be proclaiming, we heard in the gospel. And friends, uh, uh, when I was reflecting on it, I thought, Oh, I can't wait for tomorrow when the doc- well, we have some doctors here. I was like, all those names sounded like diseases, <laughs> trachonitis, and I, and I thought, and Father Mark's brain, how it works. I thought, oh, the doctors are going to giggle, you know, because especially if I mess up the words, because they're... But my friends, and uh, I reflected uh, on how the people of Baruch's time thought that they had been forgotten by God. And in reflection... No one likes to be forgotten. And uh, that is how God's people felt in the time of the prophet, and that was the second century B.C. Their kingdom had fallen. The holy city, Jerusalem, had been destroyed. The wonderful temple had been reduced to rubble. People had been taken into exile. And so they had asked themselves, where is God Where is our God in all of this? And uh, what has happened to his faithfulness and his promises? They felt God had forgotten about them. And the prophet Baruch assures them that God has not forgotten. He told them that their sorrows would soon come to an end. God would bring their sons and daughters back from the hands of their enemies. He would facilitate a great return and there would be a great restoration. So the people took heart in the prophet's words. The exiles did indeed come back. However, God's promises was not completely fulfilled until the coming of Jesus Christ. And I suspect all of us have had some experience of what it feels like to be forgotten about, even if it was only on an occasion or two. It may be that we were not invited to some event and, uh, or a contribution to some work was not recognized or our birthday, that's usually the one, 
they've forgotten my birthday. June 26th. <laughs> but today we had a, a, a great gathering of parishioners that came together to do many things at the parish and around the house. So uh, I want to not forget about them and thank them. Uh, they worked very hard. And I could hear they were joking and having a great time having community. And it was pouring rain. And most of them were outside. <laughs> I was inside. <laughs> so Marinzi's uh, examples uh, about not being forgotten are important. Uh, these examples that I've put forth are ones that we call omission or being passed over. Uh, but uh, even they can be painful, uh, for it means perhaps that we are being ignored uh, or to be treated as if we were of no significance. There's another kind of forgetting as I was thinking about these things when we forget, uh, when people forget about us. Uh, this is a more painful thing uh, as we feel that uh, we don't matter anymore to them, uh, that no one cares. And this one can feel not just forgotten, but abandoned and uh, equally hurtful if we are the victims of false promises. I'll be in touch. I'll text you later. I'll call. That's the one that the parents wait for, <laughs> for their children. I'll call, and they don't. It doesn't feel good to be forgotten. It's hurtful. And, uh, perhaps when something bad has happened to us, we think, where is God? Why has he forgotten me? This leads to feeling that God does not care, and that he does not love me or them. In our time with our world and the way events have been going, it, we could have this feeling. So we should take heart, however. Advent reminds us of the wonderful promises God made to his faithful ones and shows how they are fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus becomes the incarnation of the word. He becomes the fulfillment of all the Old Testament. The great sign um, we have that God loves us is in fact that he sent his only begotten one to us, not to condemn us, but that we may have salvation. John the Baptist uh, was the one who announced the good news of his coming. The church does the same now or is supposed to announce the good news and reminds us uh, that the Christ is coming again. Thus, God has not forgotten us. God remembers us. God cares. For each one of you, we matter to him because we are his precious children. Everything he has ever done has been for you. Everything he will ever do is for you. All will be made right in the time of Jesus' second coming. That is when all things will be justified and we will see it. But for now, we walk by faith. And while the world can be cruel, and it can be, we have a God who loves intensely. Even though we may forget God at times, 
God does not forget us. It is wonderful to be remembered, if only in a small way. It is a sign that someone cares about us. Since we like to be remembered by others, it becomes our duty as Christians to remember other people then, especially those who have done good to us and who have sacrificed much for us. Christmas is a wonderful time to remember people. In truth, it does not need to be in some expensive or dramatic way. A small but loving gesture through a card, through a text, through that phone call that comes from the heart that often is enough for that person. My friends, salvation and peace are some of the great themes of our Advent season, and uh, Advent is an excellent time to aim ourselves back in the right direction about this and uh, to commit ourselves to the right path and to ask the Lord to remove things uh, that are, hinder us and cause hardness of heart with us or cause us to have anxieties uh, or to feel uh, great despair. Uh, may he flood your hearts with his grace about his coming again and his love, that we may share his peace and his hope and his love generously with others and all those we will encounter in the coming weeks. My friends, we... Um, in the past three weeks or so, we've had uh, ten passings in our parish. Most of them have been, we, uh, it's not that we don't want to announce, it's that the families, uh, some prefer privacy at this time. Uh, we have two more funerals next week. And um, uh, it's a good time uh, for us to remember uh, folks, to say your say your thank yous and to say uh, your forgiveness now uh, before that time gets away from us. And uh, um, I had uh, the homily was, I have a couple homilies, but this one uh, was on my heart um, because my sister had uh, called me to let me know of a passing, which I hadn't thought about the family for quite a while. Uh, it was someone who I babysat for. And uh, um, sad because his mother passed away this past summer and his father passed away nine months before that, leaving one sibling, Ken is his name, who I babysat for too. Um, it just seems odd now to me. Um, you know, but now I will remember and I will pray for that family. Uh, they are not Catholic. Uh, but they are with God, and they are good people. And uh, so don't let things escape us. Say your hellos and your I love yous and your I'm sorry. And fulfill what you say. Text children that mom and dad know. Call them <laughs> when you say you, you will. Do that. Now, my friends, um, in the back, while we'd like to think that we're back there praying, usually we're having conversations. And one of the conversations I had were with these two young men over here, just asking questions. They were filling my mind with different things, which was good. It was a distraction from the phone call from my sister. I like purple. 
do ya? <laughs> so I pulled out my chasuble, and I told them, if I put it on you, you have to be a priest. <laughs> you guys laughed, but you know what he said? I've been thinking about that. <laughs> Isn't that what you said? I've been thinking about that. <laughs> I can't tell you how that warms my heart. So I put it on him. And I said, 10 years, <laughs> 10 years. Uh, but he thought it fit pretty well. So did his brother. thought it looked, fits pretty well. So I said, what do you think mom and dad would think about that? They'll be okay with it. <laughs> That's what they said. Ah. What the church needs, absolutely. It becomes a great sign of hope for all of us uh, in God's love that he will raise up uh, saintly people in our times, huh? even like these two, these two young ones uh, who are so open uh, to. You would think he would have ran away from it, but he was like, bring it. <laughs> Put it on. <laughs> uh, wonderful, wonderful joy. So my friends, um, uh, as you know, uh, for Christmas, uh, we decorate the church almost exclusively in poinsettias. And, uh, but I can only do that with your help. So uh, you guys have never failed. Last year was, oddly enough, was uh, in, even in time of pandemic, we had the highest amount of poinsettias ever in our church, over 450 poinsettias um, decorated this place of God. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> and remember, last year, we had to, because of COVID, we had those the separations. Remember, we, every other pew had to be uh, blocked off. And remember, we put poinsettias in the pews, which is a big no-no usually. <laughs> you don't put plants in the pews. But uh, they were... But we had empty spaces, and they reminded us the plants were given in memory of somebody. And so the plants served as a memory. Uh, instead of just empty, an empty seat, it was filled with the poinsettias. And, uh, so we'll see what happens this year. Uh, so go out and get the poinsettias. Uh, the ladies who helped me are pleading. Please do not bring them before the 15th of December because they have to take care of them. <laughs> and they're everywhere, in the dining room, in the hall, and they have to water and care for them. So uh, between the 15th and 21st, if you would bring it. And remember to put the name of your loved ones, yourself, your friends. I will gather those, and I will offer masses, all the Christmas masses for in memory of them, whether living or have passed on. Sorry, I didn't mean to burn your hearts with the news coming out of Michigan. It's just, you should know priests grieve for not only their own family, but for those who have been close to them in past times. So my heart is grieving now for this family. And remember, the Magnificat is available uh, for the Advent season. It'll be uh, at the doors or in the narthex. It'll look like that. It has prayers and reflections to get us through the Advent season. Our school folks are out uh, if you need a wreath still. Uh, they're available for sale. And then remember, on Wednesday is the solemnity of the Immaculate Conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary. It is a holy day of obligation for Roman Catholics in the United States. And um, on that day also, the Archbishop is, for lack of a better word, he's revoking uh, the dispensation. So it means everyone, all Roman Catholics, will have to return to Mass uh, unless they're seriously ill. Uh, then they can still continue to watch or not come to Mass. All right? 